0: So we've had our intermission and yep. we're back.
1: Solid 10 minutes you were reading and making sure you don't mess up any facts and I was just scrolling on Twitter.
0: <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> sure I'll still mess up a bunch of facts. Um, but yeah, so uh, if, if the listener didn't hear last week's episode, which was actually recorded in the last like half hour.
1: Yeah, so last week's episode was recorded on the 29th of December. This week's episode is also recorded on the 29th of December.
0: Indeed. So, yes, it's just a continuation basically, but I wanted to um, spend a bit longer talking about this book in particular. So, I don't know how long the episode will be. It might not be very long, but yeah. Um, so it's called The Death of Ivan Ilyich and I actually listened to it in an audiobook format. It was given to me it was given to me by my friend uh, Jerry who's actually been on this uh, podcast before. And uh, he got it for me for Christmas and it's not long at all so it took about three hours to listen to and I listened to it while I was in Cornwall on like a mini holiday in the last couple of days and I it was a really nice experience. I think that was part of it for me. I walked around the seafront at, in the evening and just kept walking up and down uh, up to like the lighthouse and then back around the coast and then found a bench and finished it finished the book while sat on the bench just looking out at the sea and it was really nice and basically it's a book by leo tolstoy Mm -hmm. who's a a very famous russian writer one of the greats for sure and it's not a long book it's a novella so i don't know the exact page count I have read most of it again now on, on like a PDF copy. And the PDF, it's like A4 pages, but it's like 70 pages long. So I mm. don't know, maybe 120 pages.
1: How long? So you said three hours. Was that just at one time speed?
0: Uh, I wanted to keep it as close to one time speed to sort of take it yeah. in properly. Yeah. But I listened to most of it on about 1.2 time yeah. speed. But yeah, so, uh, and I, I did re-listen to certain parts. So maybe overall it was four hours to listen to mm. uh, if you listen to it at normal speed and in, in one go but yeah it's it's not a long book basically which i quite like so he doesn't take long to elaborate on his points and he gets to them quite quickly so yeah the book is about this guy ivan ilyich and it starts off i suppose i will i won't i'm thinking about whether to give spoilers or not i'll be a bit liberal with how i speak about I it i
1: mean you, you can give spoilers if you want and i can just put the warning in the show notes and i suppose if you are talking about the book, you would expect some kind of spoilers.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Um, and then I can reflect on it in a bit more detail. So it's about this guy, Ivan Ilyich, and the book starts with the news that he's passed away. And it goes through at the start, the people at who he worked with and some of his family members in the post death period. And, one of his friends goes to his house to pay a visit and the corpse is in the coffin in the house he looks at the corpse and that's the sort of first section of the book uh i don't remember it in great detail that section because the the book changes quite a lot from there and what happens is it goes into the life of ivan ilyich and it starts to explain from his birth and his upbringing goes through his work And he was a man who was very focused on career progression. So he worked as a judge, if I remember correctly. And he, so he studied law and he was very good at that, very prosperous, a good people person and formed good connections with people, was very popular and really enjoyed playing cards. Uh, That was his like source of joy. I don't know what that represents in the book. And he climbs the social ladder in a sense and ends up doing quite well for himself not crazy well you know he's not this crazy person but they end up moving to uh st petersburg i believe and he has a good position and he married he gets married to a lady who he likes a lot and uh, initially at least and mm. they have children and yeah it's, it's all very prosperous in a sense at least looking at it from the outside and even from the inside as well he hasn't got like a bad life so to speak Then what happens, basically, is he has a small injury. He hurts his side, and that pain persists. It doesn't go away. It doesn't start off as a bad pain, but it does worsen over a period of months. And it becomes to be the case that he actually is quite unwell. And eventually, as the months pass, it becomes clear that he's actually dying from it because they can't figure out what it is the doctor doesn't doesn't know what it is they didn't have imaging back in those days Mm. not sure whether it's to do with his appendix or to do with his kidney but it's slowly sapping the life out of him and the people around him the book starts to really take off in my opinion that sounds so silly to say like take off Uh, you know it's a a Tolstoy Mm -hmm. book um and it's an incredible piece of writing but for me it really started to like I don't know. Take me away when um the main character Ivan Ilyich starts to reflect on life itself and the reasons for being alive and the way he lived his life and also the perspectives he has on the people around him. As the months pass, he becomes he gets worse and worse and he becomes ill to the point where he can't really work anymore and he is confined to sitting down and lying down and can't really do anything. And by that point, he starts to reflect on why, why the things that you should get from life. And he realizes, I suppose it's a broad summary is that he um, realizes that climbing the social ladder isn't actually meaningful in a way. All of the time he spent doing all of that didn't amount to anything meaningful in his life. And It's not worth it in a way. And the people around him, he starts to detest them because of their approach to the fact that he's dying. They don't accept that he's dying. He knows that he's dying, but they don't accept that he's dying. And it's sort of like they don't want to address the fact that he's dying. They They can't address it. So his wife is very false about it, for example. And she's more worried about how she comes across than actually having genuine compassion for him and as a result what do you mean by coming across so for example there's one point where a doctor comes in to see him and oh it's it's my favorite part of the book when the doctor comes in and the doctor comes in performs an examination on him and ivan ilyich is a lawyer and he's an intelligent man and he basically doesn't care for the doctor. He knows that the doctor is being false as well. The doctor has an air about him. He cares about how he comes across. He wants to look intelligent. He wants to have power in that dynamic. And the examination he's doing, Ivan Ilyich knows is pointless. He's not going to figure out what's wrong with him. He's just come in almost for a show in a way.
1: Assert his social status.
0: Assert his social status. It doesn't mean anything really. Mm. And then his wife, she comes in late because she was sleeping and she didn't know that the doctor had come the doctor came in the morning to the house and she is more worried about what the doctor is going to think about her being late to the doctor coming to see her husband than actually worrying about how he's feeling she and the doctor both think that they both put him in a box they're like oh patients who are sick always say that or like you know they don't take him seriously in a way, and he resents them for that. Mm. And in fact, he hates his wife by that point. Damn. He has a hatred for, a very strong hatred towards her. He, because of that
1: one thing or just because of Because of the, of the way things. she
0: treats him as he's getting okay. ill, the way that she won't address it properly with true compassion. And for whatever reason, she sees him as a uh, burden in a way, and she sees his illness as a burden, and she won't accept the fact that he is approaching death. And he's left to deal with that on his own. And in fact, there's only one person who he likes being around him as he gets sicker. And that's the, I don't know what the word is, the peasant, the guy who like works for them. Mm. Uh, Maybe servant is the right word. That guy, a young guy, I think he's called Gerasim. I might be pronouncing it wrong. He just has compassion. He just understands what Ivan Ilyich is going through. He understands that Ivan Ilyich is not doing well. So for example, he needs to use a commode to go to the toilet. And he thinks about how, it's not just himself who who's having to go through this horrible situation, but the person who has to clean up after him. The smell, the, the, the act in itself of what they're having to do, the fact that he has no dignity in what he's doing. He just hates that whole situation. And he appreciates how Garrison just understands, you know, he has compassion for him. He doesn't see it as a nuisance or a bother he's just there to help and he doesn't really think twice about it. So Garrison's the only guy that Ivan likes to be around him as he gets sicker and sicker. And I suppose it represents the importance of genuine compassion as opposed to just um, caring for someone, but thinking in your head how you're coming across as well. Like for example, when someone's sick and you want to get them something like flowers or whatever, we have to be honest with ourselves. Do we care how we're coming across there is part of the act of, like reaching out to them because you want to know that, Oh, well I did reach out to them. Like I did care as opposed to actually caring. There's a real difference between it mm. and the fact that Ivan can really feel that. And you know, you'd expect that your wife who he doesn't have an explicit reason to hate the fact that he, the, the thing he hates from my own impression, he hates the fact that she doesn't actually truly care, at least in the way that he would want her to care because she doesn't take the time to understand how he's actually feeling, you know, mm. and she doesn't take it seriously. So yeah, uh, he, he is like a nuisance to her. And yeah, I guess it's the first time in his life that he starts to reflect on his own actions. And uh, he, he initially thinks, why why me? Like, why am I going through this? I've lived a moral life. Like, I've been good to the world. I've worked hard. I've been a decent person. I haven't committed crimes. I've not been evil. Why should I have to go through this horrible process of death? And his relationship towards death changes at the end of the book he realizes that when he dies there's no more the only escape from the process of dying that he's he's going through is just to die you know there is no answer and there's a line in it the line is death is over he said to himself there is no more death because he's died repeat that again death is over he said to himself there is no more death
1: interesting
0: as he dies Mm. the process of dying is over you know that hell that he's been through sitting there slowly dying for a long time being confronted with that idea i am dying you know is going to happen but every day life is leaving me and the only way that that ended was by actually dying and in dying as well his his feelings right at the end change towards his wife and his children and stuff as well he has sympathy for them as well and he realizes that in dying he's going to free them of this bother that he's given them this this Mm. conundrum this sort of difficult situation where that they're they're also not enjoying the fact that he's dying in a way if they understand it does that kind of make sense
1: yeah so i i suppose it's kind of like twofold one just knowing that he's going through the process of dying is not a nice thing but then also having to care for him like you know the servant or whatever having to you know clean him blah 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 i suppose family members typically get involved in that kind of stuff you know having to move them from like the chair to the bed kind of thing it's also not a nice experience for the family members so i suppose they'd be free of both like the burden in that sense and um just the nature of someone dying like in your house kind of thing yeah
0: it's over you know Mm. once once he gets that out of the way and um so yeah at the very end he doesn't he doesn't fear it anymore. And from his reflections, as I said, the other part of the book is the point of like the point of why you live, you know, Mm. don't the point of what is the point of living to climb the social ladder and form meaningless connections or false connections just for the purpose of feeling like you are somebody when in reality you're giving up the valuable time that you have just to pursue things that are meaningless essentially. And that other people don't really care about either, you know? So,
1: I wouldn't say other people don't care about it. I, I say people don't care about it explicitly because if no one cared about the social ladder and all of that hierarchy stuff, then it wouldn't, no one would ever want to climb or no one would ever have the inclination to try and climb it. Whereas, but, it's,
0: but it's not for, so I'll, I'll quickly interject. Okay. When I say don't care about, I mean that other people don't truly care about where you are on it necessarily in most cases I would say yeah so, people so only
1: care where they are themselves
0: They yes so the bit that people are caring about in that context is where they are on the social ladder in relation
1: to the other person in relation to yeah. either
0: you or in relation to their own expectations of themselves mm. so it's not that I actually care where you are on the social ladder yeah. really if I care about you I don't actually care where you are on the social ladder you know yeah, we've been true. friends from when yeah like you were just a schoolboy like me mm. and then we'll continue to be friends when you have degrees and mm. uh, maybe successful and stuff you know but it, if I truly care about you that doesn't matter Mm. and i I know that's something we all know but yeah sorry
1: Mm, mm. but it's it's interesting i suppose the reason we are like friends was because we've always been in the same part of the social ladder if that makes sense oh that's a good point if we were separated like say if you you or i were higher up than each other in one way say if i was higher up would i have ever become friends with you in the first place or if it was the
0: other way around I think that's a really good question actually
1: that's actually quite interesting because i think in general if you look at people there i don't know if it's whether that people tend to go up the social ladder um it obviously it's not a necessity in life but in general like there is some kind of upward tra- trajectory but upward doesn't necessarily necessarily mean positive but like upward um movement in the social ladder people in a certain class or whatever or a certain point a certain rung on that ladder tend to have their friends or their social social circle within that area of the social circle and not too far up or down now is that a function of everyone in life just kind of progressing together so at whatever point and you make those friends then you progress together or is it just you kind of ditch those people who you left behind and then you make new friends at the top because i suppose that's the thing where most people have well very few people have like lifelong friends, like all the way from childhood. But I suppose a, a bunch of factors come into it, like maybe you moved country, blah, 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 or whatever reason you stopped communicating and stuff. But yeah, you know, I, I think it's an interesting thing.
0: I think the the best answer I can give to that is the nature of how we form friendships is that you speak to people who are similar to you in some way. Mm. But it doesn't have to be that you share similar aspirations or that you want to progress to the same point as that other person but i suppose it's more just incidental that we uh, meet the people on our course for example that's yeah. where you that's where you end up meeting people like yeah. on your degree or in hospital
1: my, pretty much all my friends are like medics so, exactly yeah. so
0: it's just where you come from but i suppose as well you also meet people who are like-minded share similar interests and as a result you're probably more likely to end up at a similar stage uh, a similar um uh, like level as them in, in, mm. in terms of the social hierarchy and stuff so i guess that's another factor but then another thing to consider is whether you do have friends from a bunch of different backgrounds and who are at a bunch of different points because then it, you, you can question to yourself why do i have these friendships because what we don't want is to have friendships for the purpose of climbing a social ladder i think oh, that yes you know so that is a big thing to consider and it's something i've reflected on since i read that book thinking you know when i am friends with someone What is the reason for the friendship? What is the friendship based on? You know, Mm. it's something that's easy to not think about, but you'd hope, at least to me, that a friendship is based on a sense of camaraderie in a way. And you liking the other person for who they are. And first of all, or first and foremost, enjoying being around them or liking them as a person who like, you know, the core of them. And then also naturally with that, having interests or perspectives on things that you both share and enjoying sharing those things with them as well. That to me is what a a good friendship is. Mm. It's not necessarily comprehensive on what a good friendship is, but those are some very important facets within the friendship. And yeah, as I said, naturally, I suppose that means that you might end up at the same, like sort of um, with same status as them. But it's a shame that um, we have to tie so much of what we do to status in the first place, basically, mm. uh, yeah. And I guess his reflection in, uh, as he does face death and think about it, is that a lot of the hard work that he did do was just for the purpose of being successful, you know, as opposed to the joy of being alive. And yeah, it sounds very poetic. I don't mean it to yeah. sound very poetic, but yeah, it makes yeah, me no, that, that's actually really That's a really important
1: thing. I think how many people who are like hustling, yeah, whatever they're hustling for. It's like, how much is it for just the intrinsic, intrinsic enjoyment of working hard and, you know, whatever, achieving good? Or is it just literally for the, like, they're doing it just to achieve success? Like, all they care about is success, whatever that the definition The success is. in itself. Yeah, That's exactly. the problem. The success yeah.
0: in itself. That, in my opinion, is the biggest problem. And it's something mm. that I definitely chase as well
1: everyone does to a certain extent but that's why you always have to go back and like renew your intentions as they say in terms of why are you doing a certain thing why why are you hustling so damn hard about for a particular thing um because that way you kind of stay more true to yourself because it's that same thing with lifestyle inflation as you naturally most people start earning more as they progress in their career their lifestyle inflates with it but why are they inflating their lifestyle with it and you know obviously to a certain point it might be a necessity but then most people at least in the western world get to a point where they're inflating their life unnecessarily and because of the enjoyment that you get out of that they end up surpassing what they are earning that leads to you know a whole load of issues um i can't remember the point i was making
0: hustle uh, uh, uh. awesome culture
1: yeah so basically your goal as to what success is doesn't like it just keeps changing as so you're, you're it's like hustle inflation or something i don't know basically inflation is everywhere including the economy um, uh, as in not just the economy so if you renew your intention and you have an actual goal or a target or like something genuine as to why you're hustling for something then you can actually go back on that and actually define a point of okay i have achieved this not just for the sake of achieving it, but for the original intention that I had. And then at that point, you don't feel inclined and you don't fall into the trap of, okay, I've hit 1 million in recurring revenue annually for my business now to 2 million, then to 3 million. It's like, okay, I've hit this point And what was my reason? You know, now I can be financially stable, blah, blah, blah. I'll just keep it there. I don't have to keep working, working, working kind of thing. I just use the example of money because that was an easy one, but. Yeah. I suppose that's the kind of trap that's very easy to fall into. And I suppose a lot of people fall into, but it's not so much set by bad intentions or people actually just initially just going for like aiming for success and trying to achieve the enjoyment and just achieving success for the sake of achieving success. It's more just that people lose sight of their initial intention or never really had a solid one in the first place. as to why they are going for a particular endeavor and then that's what leads to just a constant spiral and then potentially later on in life being like, oh, damn, you know, I wish I didn't spend so much time doing this or just keep going and hustling, hustling, hustling. I'm just using the example of hustling because it's also a meme. But yeah, there are- I, I also want to say, like, I obviously don't have experience in this because I'm only 23, so... Uh, I haven't had many years of trying to hustle. So I can't like say how it actually ends up being in the future. But that's my kind of perspective as to what I see happen in, you know, society in like society in general.
0: I think a way I would like to or something I'd like definitely like to include in this episode is just a couple of interpretations from other people. I've Mm -hmm. just I just got this from Wikipedia. Um, Yeah, but there are a couple of nice summaries here which are worth putting in one. Says in 1997, psychologist Mark Freeman wrote Tolstoy's book, this one, The Death of Ivan Ilyich, is about many things the tyranny of bourgeois niceties, mm. the terrible weak spots of the human heart, the primacy and elision of death. I don't actually know what that word means, elision. Hey
1: Siri, define
0: elision. Elision means the omission of a sound or syllable when speaking, as in I'm, let's, i Do you want to hear the next one? Yes. Elision means the omission of a sound or syllable when speaking, as in I'm, let's. Do you want to hear the last one?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Elision means the process of joining together or merging things, especially abstract ideas.
1: That's the one we're looking for, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the elision, if that's how you pronounce it.
1: The joining together or merging of things, especially abstract ideas.
0: I'll finish the quote quickly, but more than anything, I would offer, it is about the consequences of living without meaning, that is, without a true and abiding connection to one's life.
1: Wait, repeat that, that went over my head.
0: I'll just say it in in one whole thing. Um, Tolstoy's book is about many things, the tyranny of bourgeois niceties, the terrible weak spots of the human heart, the primacy and illusion of death, but more than anything, I would offer, it is about the, the consequences of living without meaning, that is, without a true and abiding connection to one's life. goes on to say indeed the mundane portrayal of Ivan's life coupled with the dramatization of his long and grueling battle with death seems to directly reflect Tolstoy's theories about moral living which he largely derived during his sabbatical from personal and professional duties in 1877 Uh, and then in his lectures on Russian literature Russian-born novelist and critic Vladimir Nabokov argues that for Tolstoy a sinful life such as Ivan's is moral death therefore death the return of the soul to God is for Tolstoy, moral life to quote Nabokov, the Tolstoy, Tolstoyian formula is Ivan lived a bad life. And since the bad life is nothing but the death of the soul, then Ivan lived a living death. And obviously, oh, me- that was. and since beyond death is God's living light, then Ivan died into a new life, life with a capital L. And it's interesting because right at the end of the book, he does see a light and, I suppose that does represent the new life in a way, whatever abstraction you want to make from that, of course, is Mm. up to you. But it works in my opinion. Like it really, I don't know. It, it made sense to me. It was the escape from the, the suffering that he was going through and the opportunity to reach that point of peace. And The final thing I want to add on it. Death permeates the narrative in a realistic and absorbing fashion, but the actual physicality of death is only present in the early chapters. Instead, the story leads the reader through a pensive metaphysical exploration of the reason for death and what it means to truly live. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. It's interesting in that second kind of opinion thing that you read. He said that Ivan had a sinful life and you know, equating that with a bad life. Whereas the life that was described that he had, you know, working hard, becoming a lawyer, blah, 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 working his way up, um, that would almost be seen as like, you know, a good life. Whereas, yeah, it's it's interesting that they just equated it to a bad, sinful life so that he was
0: living death the entire time. Yeah. The death of the soul. I mean, the other thing is if everyone you need in a way for societies to function for people to do those jobs and they are difficult jobs in a way and i suppose mm-hmm. that people derive the way that people can derive joy from it unless they truly enjoy those jobs is the knowledge as well that they're doing a good thing for society and like the status that's that accompanies that i don't i think it's difficult to separate the enjoyment of the status and the knowledge that you're doing a good thing because the status is linked with the is it, mm-hmm. because you're doing a good thing or it's an important job that's yeah. where the status come from in a way you know yeah. so like a doctor like a high up surgeon that's a very difficult job to do it's very important and you have a lot of power in doing that job you're aware of that when you do the job and you enjoy that and i guess a lot of surgeons will the part of the reason why they love doing their job is because it it is incredibly important you know they are they are actually every day saving lives mm. many surgeons and changing lives as well and that is the reason why there is a status associated with it but then it's not binary you know you can also appreciate and enjoy the status that you get from it as well and I think it's difficult to separate those two from each other so it's not a case of oh anyone you see who's working hard they are a bad person you're missing the point you know (laughs) that's not what I'm saying and I don't see it that way either you know if you if you were working incredibly hard I see it as you're probably very passionate about what you're doing and you want to do well and you want to push yourself and also that can be the pleasure you get from life. That process of self-improvement and the process of doing, working in a job that is good for other people. So yeah, I'm I'm not saying that to live a moral life you have to not, I don't know, push chase yourself, success, yeah, yeah or, chase yeah. success. It's just the the nature of the success you're change, chasing. And I reflect in myself, why or do why, I? why
1: why you're actually chasing the success? Like for yes. me, yeah, it always goes back to the intention. Again, like you can be a doctor. And yeah, a lot of status comes with that or a surgeon, like you were saying. But at least initially, I feel that most doctors, you know, or medical students, when they go into training, don't become doctors for the status. But maybe that becomes a thing later on. Whereas you see that you when you achieve that status, you see the benefit that status brings in whatever way, shape or form that may be. Even if it's just a matter of like respect that you get from people when you tell people you're a doctor and you like that thing. And that's just because of your status that comes with a lot alongside a doctor. So now you want to become a better doctor, not for the sake of becoming a better doctor now, which would be the inherently good thing to do. But for the sake of now, you'd be able to gain more pleasure from that status aspect of becoming a better doctor. Like, you know, a senior doctor at that point or a certain type of doctor, which has even more prestige.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that's a conclusion that I I can take from this conversation as well, is that just because you're working very hard and even working for status doesn't mean that you're doing a bad thing. I don't think that's necessarily sinful. I don't feel comfortable using the word sinful, but like, it's it's not, I wouldn't personally consider that to be wrong, you know? It's just...
1: Wait, what to be wrong?
0: Working towards something uh, in part because of the status you'll get from it.
1: Hmm. I, I don't know if if it's like to bring yourself out of poverty kind of thing, then yes. But even then, I, like I don't know if status would be the right thing to like. E- even even if it's just in part, even then I still don't think. Uh, at least for me, it doesn't sit right. I, I get a weird kind of twang. I'm like, hmm. But yeah, I I, I, guess I can't articulate why. Really, I know, I'm I not saying that is bad, but for me personally, it just. Doesn't quite sit right.
0: I'm on the same page as you. I mean, I hope that I'm not doing things for the wrong reasons. I hope I'm not pursuing status. But yeah. what I'm saying is, I don't think you can completely unlink it from, um, like the good the, the reason for that thing having status, if that makes sense. Mm,
1: yeah, do it you, is very ingrained within humans to like yeah. gain status because and of get the recognition benefits for what you do.
0: Yes. So basically, what I'm saying is. Overall, I realise like I don't want to live a life pursuing status. I don't want to live a life pursuing um, uh, the importance being pe- placed on other people's perceptions of me. I don't want that to be the case. Mm. And I want to live. I want to live life based off of the things that I enjoy. And I think a big part of that is also um, living life in part for the people around you who you love. Having trying to have true compassion for other people and then in return other people having compassion for you and that connection that you can get from that you know mm. the idea that i don't know we, we're all in, in this together and be working with each other can make everyone stronger i don't know that that sounds very wishy-washy but <laughs> it's something i i felt from the book i just wished that more people would understand that he was dying and sit down with him and talk to him about it and share with him those emotions i don't think it necessarily halves the emotions but it's so nice i remember when i was ill when i was 13 i was in hospital for a while because i had that heart operation Mm. and um being able to share my like my experience with my mum and my brother and my dad at the time was so important. and undoubtedly helped me a lot, you know, because they had proper compassion for me. Mm. They were really feeling what I was going through and they experienced it with me. It helped so much. So yeah, it reminds me, you know, w- when my friends are going through something difficult or when my friends, if someone comes to me with a problem, it's, it's my responsibility in a way to really listen and try and truly understand where they're coming from and ex- share that emotion with them, you know, that can help sometimes. So yeah, instead of doing what the wife did in a way and just thinking, oh, there, this person's struggling. How's that going to affect me? How does it make me look? How can I look like I care? Well, you know, try and actually care. That's what I will try and do. So yeah, it was, it was just a really good book in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, it, it sounds very insightful, even though, you know, it's very short, like you yeah. said. And it's not written in a direct way. It's not like reading a textbook So you're reading a story, but gaining a lot from it in terms of, you know, self-reflection and, you know, potentially new opinions and insights into how you should live life or whatever, not how you should live life. But, you know, philosophies for life, I yeah. suppose, is a better term. Were there any other major reflections or key points you think that are worth mentioning from the book?
0: I think the final reflection I have from it is the importance of being authentic and what it means to be authentic. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people are people pleasers to a degree. Me for sure. I think more than average, but that can compromise your authenticity as well. Mm. So I I hope to be as authentic as I can as I go through life. And I guess that means being true to yourself. And then that reflects well on other people. it, it can be good for the people around you as well, you know? Regardless of whether you think it's good or bad, being honest and being authentic, I think ultimately it is a good thing. Yeah, so It's important to be as authentic as possible.
1: Again, I'm sounding like a broken record, but I feel personally that it still comes down to the intention to be truly authentic in a certain circumstance because that intention that you have as to why you're doing it a certain thing or say caring for a certain person who's ill is that is going to define how you go about doing something almost at least like how it comes across because if your intention is to just care for that person because they're well they're ill so you want to care for them but why what's your intention behind doing that there's is your intention to gain like something from them or like you know have a one-up like so they have an iou against you right okay that's you know an intention probably not the best of intentions in that scenario but um yeah but the thing is then i don't want to say a good intention because then how do you define a good intention obviously there are going to be definitions towards good intention but i don't want to give any direct definition right now but you know having a more you know good intention in that way like you just want that they are fellow human being they need you know, someone to support them and care for them just like you would in your, like if you were in that kind of position to have someone back, not necessarily it be them because they owe you one in some way, because no one owes you anything realistically, like in reality. So yeah, I suppose if you have like a truly like intrinsic intention for doing something where it's not motivated by gain externally from someone else or something else, then you will naturally just be authentic in whatever you do.
0: There's a scene in the book where it's towards the end when he's really sick, his wife comes in and she's wearing a dress, she's wearing makeup and she's ready to go out Mm. and she's going to go to the theater. I think it was with her daughter and her daughter's partner. And she comes in and the daughter comes in, the daughter's partner come in. They're all ready. Like they're looking really good, ready to go out, you know, clearly looking forward to the evening. And she says to him, she's saying, Oh, I'm going to the theater this evening. I'd prefer to sit with you, of course, but I feel like uh, it would be, it would come across badly to the partner or, or I, I don't want to leave them having to go on their own. I want to go with them. And it's that exact lack of authenticity or lack of integrity about it. That he because, hates.
1: yeah, at that point she's doing it because oh, it might look the, the it, it might look bad for the partner that I'm I'm not
0: going as well. And even though it's she's just, trying to protect his feelings, arguably, yeah. I don't think she's necessarily she's not doing it with a malintention. Yeah, yeah, no. She's not trying to deceive him for to to protect her own image necessarily. You could argue that she mm. is trying to protect her own image, but she also might genuinely not want him to be hurt by it. But, but that's the exact sort of... Um I, I
1: think she's gen, she's genuine in the fact that she doesn't want to hurt her husband, her, like, his feelings in any way. But I think it's just the way she seems obsessed about appearance, like, not, like, physical outward appearance, but, like, in terms of how people come across, like, how she comes across to other people. I think that obsession, which is what is, you know, it's almost one of the core tenets of social status and hierarchy and everything, is about appearances that is what's driving him mental basically that's the thing he's despising because he realizes how futile all of that is because you go to the grave you've got no status (laughs) so i suppose that's the thing that he's kind of come to terms with yes and realized. and he's just like how can you not see this like this is all like useless yes um so yeah in the end it, it comes down to intention. <laughs> I, I don't it's want to keep saying word. that. Yeah. Because I can't, well, there maybe is a better word for it, but at least in my head, that is the word. If you can come, like if you do, if your intention is to do everything, your intentions are always motivated by an intrinsic factor of pleasure in some way or, or goodness in some way, rather than an external factor, then you will always almost be content in every way is how I kind of see it.
0: And I think that's what I would like I, I hope to work towards basically reaching a point in life where I am able to do that mm. with the people around me and within myself. So yeah, and and accept that I don't have to be a success to other people, you know? I don't want to spend my life chasing a job where other people um for the sake of other people perceiving me as a success which if if i'm honest with myself there've been times in my life and still now like for example um this might come across as very conceited or very arrogant but like if someone asks me what i do uh and then i say like oh i'm i'm studying medicine i'm going to be a doctor people often like seem very impressed by that yeah and i don't want to have that mechanism where i feel good by then being impressed it, it shouldn't it really shouldn't matter should it I, I battle with that thought because at the same time, it's natural for someone. If someone is impressed by what you do because you have to work hard for it, I understand that. Like if I met someone and they were a professional athlete, I would be impressed. You know, I'd be like, oh, that's like really cool. Mm. So, And, and that's going to be the reward mechanism. But basically I don't want that to drive me wanting like people to have that opinion. Like, oh, that's really good. He does that. It's really impressive. Yeah, so that's, yeah,
1: that's always an interesting point because, yeah, obviously whenever you meet someone, you that like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'd study like i'm a uni student and then you know you want to try and like not say that well at least for me i really don't like saying it because i suppose that aspect of you get all of that weird kind of affirmation so yeah and i, I try and run away from that kind of stuff so i hate that kind of scenario
0: there's one more insight i want to make about it quickly we, i was about to leave but I, I just got i got to say it because i realized it as we were talking um in the first half of the book I kind of got to know Ivan Ilyich from the perspective of how everyone around him got to know him, I think. So I was thinking, like, oh, he's pretty successful, Like, seems like a decent guy, done well for himself. And yeah, I suppose that's how the, the people who knew him perceived him as well. But even then, I, I didn't really like him as a human being that much you know he was just another person and I think that's how we perceive ultimately the people who do well for themselves it's nothing more than just they've done well for themselves but I didn't see him as being this incredible person because he wasn't at the very top of the ladder you know he just did well for himself he worked so hard to just do well for yourself and it's in the second half of the book that I actually got to really know him because it starts giving me more and more of his thoughts and his perspectives as he starts to reflect on that fact. And the fact that ultimately all he worked towards was just being a somebody when, yeah, didn't really matter. So, yeah, I, the, the second half of the book is the bit that really m- meant a lot to me when I was reading it. And as I, I got to see his thoughts and I didn't see him as just Ivan Ilyich from the outside, but you get to know him from the inside. So yeah. It's
1: almost like two whole narratives in a single book that's very short
0: yes it's like two whole narratives it's really interesting so yeah anyway i'll leave it there i need to go and pick up my mum all right see you later peace
1: but yeah we, we, we can just leave it there for now otherwise we'll just kind of keep talking about the same points just to finish it off do you have a random fact
0: oh a random fact in general
1: yes. just or maybe related to this anything
0: okay uh Tolstoy when he died he died in 1910 he wanted to die uh, he wanted people to record his thoughts In the moments before he died He wanted someone to like write it down, I believe mm. And no one did Which is really disappointing oh, That
1: is quite sad
0: Because the way he died I don't think it was in a way that he would have liked Because he died in a train station Or next to a train station He was very unwell um, So they stopped the train And he was super famous by that point In fact, one of the first like celebrities in 1910 oh. So it was even in the news in like America and stuff uh, And the all of the like drama around his death um, meant that, yeah, no one actually remembered to sit down with him and write down his final thoughts. So that's a very sad, I found
1: quite, quite a sad fact, but um, yeah. And then I'll end it with meme of the week kind of thing. Well, I've just been obsessed on Twitter with this account called neural net guesses memes. Um, it's called res next guesser or at res next guesser will put the link in the um, show notes. But the, the, the one that really got me was, so basically it's, it just like kind of uploads a random image and then it just kind of says what the neural net would um, guess the image to be and then the confidence it has, like it would when it's kind of rating different images and stuff. And then it's just a fridge full of white eggs and it's just like image prediction, ping pong ball, confidence 99.99%. <laughs> oh know that, that gave me a really good <laughs> chuckle at the time. It's the certainty of it, <laughs> and it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the certainty. So confident. Um, but yeah, so that, that account I'm pretty obsessed with whenever it comes on. My fear it gives me a good chuckle. But with that, I suppose we'll leave it there and we'll probably record next week's episode
0: tomorrow. <laughs> Lovely. All right.
1: Nice. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Getting It.
0: If you enjoyed this episode or didn't, then feel free to leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app or on the Apple Podcasts website.
1: We'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas or questions about anything we discussed. So feel free to email us at thoughts at gettingit.co.uk.
0: You can also reach us on Twitter or Instagram at Getting it underscore pod.
1: You can find all the links in the show notes.